0: Hi Aarti, great to have you here with us on Network Capital. How are you today? You were telling me it's freezing in Bombay.
1: Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, for Bombay standards, not for any other standards, but I feel (laughs) like Cyprus because Bombay never gets cold even if it gets slightly chilly everyone has their sweaters out so um, but no thank you so much for having me and and I'm excited for the session ahead.
0: Yeah so uh, you know tell us a bit about uh, the journey of Tali and how did you decide to venture into this nut space?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, my husband and I actually started Tali together, uh, we're a husband and wife team and we started Tali after we graduated from business school. So we both were at HPS and, um, you know, honestly, being entrepreneurs or starting something on our own really wasn't on the cards. Uh, we both were doing different things. Um, but you know we kind of realized that you know having lived in the us for a really long time um, you know through undergrad you know kind of working there and and business school as well we realized that you know in the us most snacks were really fatty very highly processed right and made mainly from ingredients like potato corn you know refined flour right. and we look back to our childhood where you know there are so many great ingredients in India that taste great are good for you you know have a lot of different properties and and you know could be great snacks for anyone and everyone right not only um, Indians and I feel like a lot of Indian ingredients and Indian snacks kind of get cubbyholed into uh, just catering to Indians uh, right versus sure. they can be a lot more diverse and, and international so Um, that was also around the time where you know in India itself the popularity of makhana or fox nuts um, you know was was really growing in its kind of ready-to-eat form and and Mm -hmm. we you know wanted to really take that ingredient and make it mainstream in the U.S. right like if if things like quinoa chickpeas you know all these kind of ingredients that are not quintessentially American right can be mainstream why can't Indian ingredients Um, and that was the whole thought process kind of behind launching uh, makhana in the US we call it water lily pops um, in the US and that's because uh, you know it's made from the seed of a water lily plant so um, and, and and you know otherwise except for Indians people wouldn't understand what makhana is so uh, that's kind of what we called it there and we decided to launch it there to kind of introduce um, you know the international audience um, with this snack uh, you know and it's and it's Ayurvedic properties and it's long history that it has in India. So uh, we sell it in the US now, kind of, it sits next to any of your mainstream snacks like kale chips and, uh, you know, like quinoa snacks and chickpea snacks right. and things.
0: That's fascinating. Why did you go to HBS and uh, walk us through a bit of your career before that? Uh, because yes. you mentioned that entrepreneurship wasn't really on your radar.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I um, grew up in Mumbai, I went to the University of Pennsylvania, um, you know, in Philadelphia for my undergraduate engineering there. So very good, like, uh, you know, Indian girl doing engineering um, and uh, after that actually did um, consulting. So I was working at the Boston Consulting Group, uh, did a bunch of different things there, worked in retail after that. Um, so I was working in retail in India uh, with a bunch of international brands and and growing their business here um, and kind of decided to go to business school, um, you know, because having an engineering background, um, you know, I thought that that was like uh, the best next step, right, to really get that. Uh, kind of educational grounding um, you know when it comes to kind of business principles and of course HBS being famous for you know the case method um, you know I thought it would be the most practical and and uh, you know best way to kind of study business so it was uh, my top choice and my husband and I got married before we went to business school and luckily got in both of us got into HBS which you know which worked out well um, and he also has a you know similar background uh, to where he did you know a bunch of different things consulting um worked at geo kind of grew the geo business uh you know kind of before geo was launching and worked on all that and then while we were hbs i worked in vc he worked in private equity so um you know kind of worked with uh with companies but never really thought of starting something on our own mm-hmm. but then when this idea really came about right and we thought wow you know this could be something uh great and We we wanted to kind of, uh, you know, make India proud in some sense um, and, you know, kind of wanted to take this ingredient. And we thought it would be a great idea um, and decided to do it and do it together.
0: That's fascinating. So um, this idea occurred to both of you um, while you were students at HBS. Yeah. What were the initial conversations (laughs) like?
1: Mainly because, I mean, so we used to, I'm a you know, big foodie and we used to really um, you know, many every time we kind of came home, I would carry like, you know, a bunch of snacks from here. Um, and I had carried Makana, as I told you, that was when Makana was becoming kind of popular um in its like ready to eat form here as well, not just something that you eat at home, right? Um right. and I used to carry it back and I made a lot of our friends there try it, a lot of our friends, a lot of our professors, and they all were actually very fascinated with what it was, right? and we're like wow this is amazing like you know it tastes so good and you're saying like it's healthy and you know all those aspects so people's reaction kind of to the product was really what you know got us kind of uh you know thinking one day being like it would be such a great idea to launch this and it's not like the base taste of it in itself is like very Indian or anything right the like popcorn it takes on a lot of like flavors um and when we launched it we launched it in like flavors like white cheddar and like sriracha spice, right? Things that, um, you know, anyone would be used to eating um, and, and love. And uh, we thought that, you know, popcorn being such a massive, um, you know, kind of category unto itself in the US, right? Um, this is kind of your better for you version of popcorn. So we always like to call it popcorn 2.0. Um, so, you know, it has, it has that same feeling, but uh, you know, it doesn't have, we say it has about 70% less fat um you know 20 percent less calories and about 50 percent more protein than than popcorn so it
0: was a great
1: alternative
0: yeah i'm a big Makana champion so great to see a friend uh, build a company um, this way
1: i'm so glad to hear that
0: Arti, tell me was it hard to let go uh, of the vc job or the private equity job in your husband's case and were you guys doing hey in one case seems like a secure career path the other is uh slightly you know, uncertain. And I'll tell you why I'm asking this. Just uh, two days back, we sent out a newsletter um, which asked our community members to differentiate between what is dangerous and what is risky, based yeah. on the life of a person mm-hmm. who worked at a Boston consulting group, uh, Jim Cook, who basically served a Sam Adams beer. So I was yeah. very interested in getting the dangerous versus risky perspective from your point of view.
1: Yeah. So, you know, Aditya and I, we we discussed this a bunch, right, before we uh, decided to kind of jump in because in our case, kind of being husband and wife doing it together, it's like all your eggs in one basket, right? And we were like, okay, is this a uh, kind of smart thing to do? But we, you know, were pretty kind of confident, you know, of the idea and obviously wanted to put in our kind of best and 100% uh, to make sure that we make it succeed. And more than anything else, right, like at the end of the day, Um, for us this was if we ever wanted to do something like this it was the best time right for us to take that risk and um, and do it and luckily you know um, we were fortunate enough that we have you know a strong kind of educational background where we thought that okay fine you know after uh, say a year or two we think that this is not working out we always have that option to kind of go back um, you know and and find ourselves um, a job uh, with this you know kind of entrepreneurial experience that we have kind of on our resume but if the, if there is one time um that was the best time right we were young we didn't have uh kids nothing this was you know this is our first baby mm. and um you know literally we thought that it was the best time to kind of plunge and and take the risk um and you know kind of be thankful of our kind of educational background that we had as a as a backup
0: right uh was there uh, an inner voice telling you that this will uh be an adventurous path the, everything wasn't figured out but you you said you were confident about about that walk us through that confidence why one is of course the insurance policy of education but what else about the idea or the product or the market really excited you
1: yeah so i think that you know the, the whole challenge was kind of introducing you know new kind of innovative products right um uh, and I think that that was that was the challenge, and that was the kind of exciting part. Um, we were confident of our idea, yes, because we thought it was a great idea. But I think that every founder who who, who starts yeah. is kind of confident of their idea. Now, of course, it you know it, it really depends what pans out, but you only really end up like you know taking the plunge and, and starting it if you think it's a good idea. Um, so you know the, the whole the whole fun and the whole challenge was to you know kind of make people aware of this ingredient that they don't really know about and I think a, a little bit of it was also the whole like you know like patriotism behind it right where you're taking something that is you know a part of your country um right that only grows in 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 India um, and really introducing it to the world right and I think that was uh that was also a really like you know proud uh kind of thing for us uh, that we were trying to do so that was also part of it Um, so yeah it's been you know it's been great of course challenging journey like it is for every entrepreneur um, with its ups and downs but no complaints.
0: Awesome so you graduated from HBS and uh, what did you do tell us about the first 100 days of Tali Tali Foods.
1: (laughs) yeah so um you know when we it, it's funny because like when you decide okay you know like this is what you want to do and you kind of want to uh, you know want to start a business but don't really have like an on not, not done this before right so it was literally Aditya and I like sitting I remember like around this like conference table and being like okay now where do we start right because there are so many different things that you have to do that you've never done before like even small things like um you know basic hygiene things like, like incorporating a company like figuring out the structure, like, okay, we know we want to do makana as the ingredient, how are we going to source it, right? How do we make sure it's sustainable? How do we make sure we're able to scale it, Um, get the right manufacturing partner, right? Looking at branding, looking at packaging, it's all, you you really have to be like the master of all trades at that point, right? Because it it was just a a two-person team, just both of us, um, figuring all of it out. So it was, it was really fun. Um, It was very exciting. And it was, Every day was a challenge, right? Because it wasn't like a structured job where you go in and you know like what to expect, and it was also very different from a job in the sense as normally like you know when you're. Uh, doing a job you're reporting into someone especially at that age and you have a lot of that direction right and structure uh to your day uh, but here it's 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 completely on you you have to figure it out on your own um, and and really kind of go through that but it was it was really great it was exciting we went through kind of every step of the process and we realized that at the end of the day you know what really works is is persistence right you just mm. uh kind of keep keep going on and and figuring it out. And we realized that every problem has a solution, right? You just have to kind of try and um put in the effort, figure it out and and move ahead. So yeah, we, you know, we we incorporated the company, we um figured out our manufacturing, our sourcing, uh, you know, kind of worked on the branding, the brand name, which of course, you know, it's it's like naming your child. So you just like go through, you mm-hmm. went through like 200 different names I like trying to figure out what is best. And then we really kind of uh, finally, when once I remember we were in the US, we were driving back from um, a food expo, you know, we went there to kind of see uh, and learn uh, the industry and, um, I remember it was death idea and we were driving and he was like how about Tali like high five and that was one name that was just like resonated with us so much and we were like in that second we're like this is it right I think this is what we should do it's a pleasant sounding word right it means high five which is perfect um, and it also you know sounds good for people who don't know what it means right a lot of people in the U.S. wouldn't know what it means and because we want to build a brand that is uh, you know that is functional that's good for you tali for us is like a celebration of finding that perfect snack right that that you can really kind of eat and like want to give a high five um and 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 therefore you know the the uh the name was perfect and uh if you see our logo as well like the two a's are giving
0: each other a high five i love the logo uh, i actually study logos carefully i designed the network capital logo myself put it on oh, amazing
1: so did you <laughs> notice the two a's
0: I did. I did. Okay, great. <laughs> and, actually, and then
1: people, I, people went one step further saying, which which was not intentional, but people went one step further saying, oh, the two A's are like you and Aditya giving each other a high five. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't think of it. <laughs> sure.
0: Well, that's poetic. Yeah. Like, talking <laughs> of you and Aditya, we hosted uh, an INSEAD professor, Jennifer Petri on our podcast. And uh, she was. Uh, she's written a book and written lots of papers about couples that work. Now you yeah. are a couple that uh, it's clearly working. Tell us yeah. about how how did you set boundaries? How did you decide to um to work with each other? Was there anything hard about it?
1: For sure. So you know, I'm not going to kind of paint like a poetic picture being like this it's not challenging and it's not hard at all it definitely is but I think for us uh, you know one advantage I think was that we so we actually met when we were undergrad so we both studied engineering together yeah yeah. Um, so we were in the same major that's how we met and um, you know we did we we went through kind of engineering together Um, we did HBS together as well so in that sense you know we had some background of like not working together but like we had seen each other like study and like go through projects and kind of things like that so we kind of understood each other's working style from you know from earlier on and also I think kind of what's uh, you know what worked really well was the fact that we complement each other right our strengths um in that sense were always um different um, which is why we were able to kind of you know now kind of segregate our responsibilities also uh, as per our strengths right which which has worked well like I look into the entire kind of sales distribution marketing that entire piece of their works on um, you know the finance the operations supply chain um, you know that entire piece so we we kind of played to our strengths um, Mm. you know which which worked well but I think in terms of you know maintaining boundaries etc at the end of the day right when when you have decided to kind of jump into the entrepreneurship life so to speak there are really no boundaries right in that sense so sure we we tried but we we did realize that it is important for us to uh, you know to make sure that we give this priority for us it's our Mm -hmm. first baby We have a baby now, but (laughs) Dali's still our first baby. Uh, So you know, um, we we of course try to make sure that we you know at least have dinner sometimes like without talking about work and things like that. But at the end of the day, it is inevitable, right? So it is a choice that you have to be okay with. um, You know, at least for the first few years uh, when you're trying to figure stuff out and there aren't really even like you know. Specific roles that you have, right? In the beginning, now we have defined roles. In the beginning, we both were doing everything, right? So it's not like we weren't coming into each other's hair all the time. We were, uh, but you know, that's there are pros and cons, right? And and there are a lot of pros, and and these are some of the cons, and. You know, sometimes I would always be like, oh, my God, you know, we're doing this all the time. And when people would ask this and this is something that I remember him saying, which I thought was really sweet. He was like, you know, but this is one more thing that I can share with my wife. Right. Which Mm. uh, which was sweet. Right. If 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 I think the couple doesn't mind that and, you know, it's something that you're able to use as a strength rather than a weakness. I think that then it works, Um, which, you know, which. How
0: we
1: have been able to do
0: so. I'm grateful yeah. for that. You know, based on what you've said, I think I know, but I still need to ask. Um, you know, my next book is on the passion economy, and it just happens that one segment is on couples that work and are building interesting stuff in the passion economy. As it turns out, that either building together brings you closer or it actually throws you apart. Right. Exactly. When you reflect so far on the journey of you and Aditya, um, what do you think is the answer and uh, tell us a bit more why is whatever your answer is
1: yeah for sure so I think it's it's definitely brought us closer um there's no doubt about that and I think that that's because you know um one of course we spend a lot more time together which is right. which is one, right but yeah. I think the more important uh piece is right that you you really see the person in all aspects of life right you see the you're you're with the person as a spouse um you know as a friend as your co-founder um you know as your boss sometimes like we both kind of boss around each other in different things right and and in different ways and you really see all different like facets of the of the person and I think that that just kind of makes your relationship stronger um and you know as I said as as what I was saying earlier right you have to look at it in a positive way only if you do and and use it as your strength um only then really can you can you Make sure that it's it's bringing you closer and not causing issues in your in your personal life um, and right. I think that you know that's something that we've tried to be cognizant of at least to the best of our ability so far
0: right yeah um Tell me a bit about the product development. We on Network Capital got a lot of questions when we announced that we were hosting one of the co-founders of Tally. How, yeah. how did you go about that? How did you re- divide responsibilities? Tell us about the sourcing, the packaging, the thought process, all of it.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, you know, as I was saying, of course, this is like a... Indian-based ingredients which we were launching in the US at the time, uh, no one had really heard about it, right? So a lot of what we, the problem we were trying to solve, right, even before we go into how we're going to distribute it and kind of where it's going to be available, was more about how, you know, how can the packaging, one, be like attractive that people really want to, you know, lifted from the shelf and really see what it is and secondly it has to be something that is you know in a very easy way be informative right because um you're trying to tell the customer um this is something new uh and of course you know in in a grocery store the customer kind of attention is is very very tiny and very quick they look at the bag and put it back if it's not interesting. So what we were really trying to do is really compare it to something that people are used to eating, right? So Hmm. uh, what we say on our packaging for our US packaging is we say that it has, as I was saying, like 67% less fat than popcorn, or 50% Hmm. more protein than popcorn, um, 20% less calories than popcorn, really comparing it to something that is part of that customer's everyday life. Um, Right. right? Because otherwise, packaging just gets cluttered where you can there are the world of call outs that you can kind of put on there. Right. But you have to make sure that you're kind of sifting through um, what is important and what is really going to get conversion. We also made sure that the product was kind of, you know, front and center in the packaging because again, it's something people haven't seen before, uh, right? right? So you need to make sure that customers, are, okay, this is how it looks, um, right? And and lastly, what we tried to do was, you know, make sure that the packaging and branding, right, when you see it, you will know um, that it it. Should kind of stand out, right? So at least on on our makana that we had launched in the US, we have this like dali like pattern going on, a lot of different colors, right? And um, a lot of that to kind of you know make sure it pops on the shelf, um, right? Mm-hmm. That that piece was really important. So that's kind of a little bit about the branding and, and packaging piece in terms of the product. Um, you know, as I said, we wanted to make sure that okay, since this is a new ingredient, we wanted to introduce it in flavors that were innovative but also some flavors that were safe right that people are used mm. to eating that's why we went down the route of like a himalayan pink salt right which is like your twist on your classic salted mm. or um you know we did a white cheddar as i said because everyone eats like uh you know cheese popcorn so that right. worked we did the shiracha spice because shiracha is a sauce is like something that was kind of blowing up and and everyone knows what it is now so the shiracha spice worked really well um we also have a flavor called tangy turmeric and that was you know now turmeric in general globally right for us it's just healthy but globally is like becomes so hot everyone's having like turmeric lattes and turmeric water and you know everyone's kind of realizing the benefits of it so we were like okay like turmeric flavor that actually tastes good is something that you know people would would love for like their turmeric fix for the day you know um right. so, yeah, so that's how we thought of like you know things that are kind of on trend but also you know safe when it comes to introducing uh, a new product we then went on to introducing um few sweet flavors as well which were interesting so makana as an ingredient you know everyone might not know but it works really well savory and sweet so we yeah. even launched um in the US we have like a cinnamon vanilla flavor and like a cookie crunch flavor um you know which is which is also done really well for us but that's how we went around kind of like figuring out what what kind of products we want to launch when it comes to makhana as an ingredient
0: got it got it and um you know now that the product is launched the first 100 days are there uh, how do you think about financing i would imagine that both you and uh Aditya had worked in the industry so you'd have connect you went to a wonderful business school, so you would have had options there. Uh, but you decide to go for uh, an accelerator model. Talk to us about that, and um, when you look back, was it the right call?
1: Yeah, so you know we were uh, part of Y Combinator about two years ago, and honestly, it was it was a great experience. It was amazing, and um, looking back, I would definitely you know not change anything. Um, we were uh, you know kind of privilege in that sense that YC wanted you know they don't do too many consumer businesses um you know they're pretty selective on that so that was you know that was really reassuring that they really saw potential in us as founders and you know in what we were kind of trying mm. to build um and I think that was a great experience uh you know kind of building out, speaking to and meeting so many people who've scaled, you know, massive, massive businesses like, uh, you know, Dropbox and Gmail and like so many, you know, massive mm-hmm. businesses that we all kind of look back on and, um, you know, are proud of. And I think that that's definitely something that um, worked well for us. We, um, you know, and we thought that it would be a great kind of stepping stone in terms of, you know, also kind of raising um, our kind of pre-seed round that we did post-YC. Uh, Um, So it was great. No regrets at all. And I think that, you know, um, one advice that I would give is, you know, a lot of startups kind of, uh, you know, apply to these accelerators and then think that, you know, it's like the be all and end all, right? Like if you don't get in, then like that's it. And then you're just going to fail. That's definitely, of course, it has a lot of advantages, but I would tell, you know, every founder that it's, it's not, it's not the only thing that's going to, you know, make your business um, you know, and, and it's something that you should look at. If it happens, great, take advantage of it. If not, you know, there are a lot of other things you can do to, to scale your business and, and really kind of get the word out there and, and, and get the network out there. So I think that um, that's definitely something I would want to kind of leave behind when it comes to, um, you know, the whole like accelerator piece.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. Like network capital is backed by the Facebook community accelerator. And in our case, we love the fact that Facebook is supporting us. Right. Um, but we would have continued to build, um, you know, even without the accelerator, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. Sure but I think that way, Arty, you and I aligned on how we think about fundraising. But I'm really curious to hear your story of... Uh, um what does fundraising mean to you and what does business sustainability mean when it comes to tali
1: yeah so you know i think that uh, for us right then i've always been very cognizant of the fact that we want to build tali in a in a sustainable way of course you know fundraising is inevitable when you want to build a brand right because at the end of the day to to build a brand to create distribution to build brand equity to build your team right it uh, you know it, it's very tough to be able to do it um and build like a cpg brand uh without that but we were always very cognizant of the fact that we want to balance it out right yes we want to raise capital and have that but we also want to burn it in a sustainable way um right and not not go down the path which you know of course different things work for different people but a lot Mm -hmm. of startups nowadays kind of go down that route where you're just like this fundraising machine right then and then if you don't kind of get your next step of fundraising you're just about to die right and that's not that's not the way we want to build it we want make sure at least our unit economics are positive right which they are um which at the end of the day sure if we ever have to kind of scale back on like marketing and branding and those kind of things um we and, and we don't have the funding god forbid then uh you know at least the business is not going to die right and that's that's really how we are thinking about it because i think there is merit in you know kind of building uh a brand and 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 really you know if, if you want to want to build a brand that's going to kind of be bigger than and you right and last beyond you. I think it's important to really build it in a sustainable way, um, going
0: forward. Absolutely, and this is such precious advice, right? Like uh, making a company successful and raising funds for the company, burning cash versus you know, building a sustainable business. These are questions that founders need to answer for themselves, but it helps to have uh, other examples along the way.
1: No, definitely, I couldn't agree more.
0: I met you first in 2017, Aarti. And it's been five years uh, since we first met. Can you pick out three of the most defining moments when it comes to Tali's journey? They don't need to be good or bad. It can be anything. Like Three important moments that made your business anti-fragile.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I think that, you know, um, to, to kind of start off with right when it comes to like defining moments for us right as founders because all founders have you know you have your good days you have your bad days you have your ups and downs and you really need to kind of you know keep the ball rolling to you know to move forward and not let those kind of paths hold you back right and I think one of the most um, you know Proud and satisfying moments for us when we kind of looked back and, and thought that this is all worth it, right? Was when our product was like on the shelf at Ho- at Whole Foods, um, you know, mm-hmm. in the US. And I remember we went and like visited one of the stores and kind of saw our product on the shelf. Um, and you know, we we were like this is, you know, this is just the best feeling. It was, it was the most amazing feeling. And I think the second, you know, the second um, thing that comes to mind for me would be once when, um, you know, on our kind of email ID through our website, right, we got an email from a mom who um, whose daughter had you know a lot of different like allergies and was always you know couldn't really like eat anything or eat snacks that like her friends would eat in school Mm -hmm. and um, you know always felt very left out and just like was had a little bit of depression about that and because you know our product is so I mean it has Ayurvedic properties it doesn't have like it's free from all allergens basically right it doesn't have corn it Mm -hmm. doesn't have it doesn't have any of those and she was so excited to like have finally found finally found a snack um for her daughter that her daughter can also take to school and like you know enjoy um you know with the rest of her friends that that was that was such a touching kind of moment you know for mm-hmm. us we like we're so glad that you know we can cuz sitting back you know you're you're selling the product you don't realize um, that it's actually touching the lives of people right and um, when you when you kind of get um, a little bit of you know glimpse of that um, it really kind of makes it all worth it um so i think you know that would that would definitely be um, you know the second and then i think um, the third uh, for us I think would be uh, the fact that, you know, we have such a vision in mind for making Tali um, like your next generation snack brand, right? Like we always Mm -hmm. like to see, we want to be like a frito late 2.0. Um, right. And and that's one of the reasons why we kind of launched in India as well, which I can throw light on um, you know, later in our conversation. But I think just the just the you know fire that we have to really make snacks better, right? And to really um, you know, show our consumers that something that is that tastes great, right? that that gives you the fun and the excitement of like a great tasting snack or product. Can also give you something more, right? Can also be can also be healthy. Doesn't have to be like super fried. Doesn't have to be made from like you know um, terrible ingredients, and it can still be something you love, um, you know, that you're eating. And that was the challenge. I think that that actually keeps us going, right? To make sure that we're constantly innovating and make sure that um, we're really kind of getting the best out there, even in terms of R and D, uh, to our customers.
0: That was fascinating um when you look at um the way Thali has grown how did you choose distribution are you a d2c brand
1: so um we definitely do sell from our website and we we do um you know sell to the consumer so in that sense sure we're a d2c brand but in in the definition of like are we a pure d2c business that the way people uh you know get D see today um i would say no that's not our priority and it's not our focus um you know because what we realized, um, you know, between whether it is, you know, India and or the US, right, majority of, you know, grocery sales um, in in any of these geographies, right, still come um, from the grocery store, right, still Mm -hmm. come from like impulse purchases in the store. And Mm -hmm. yes, you know, while it's like really, you know, in right now to be like, oh, everything should be D2C. And like, that's really what you need to build. And that's really what you need to grow. Yes, something that, we are definitely doing. But is that all I'm doing? No, because I, you know, is that where my growth and scale is going to come from? No, because from the sheer, like, you know, percentage of where our customers buying snacks today um it is in the store right or it is mm-hmm. on say kind of grocery channels or like the whole like q-commerce space that has um you know quick commerce that has come up whether in the US mm-hmm. with companies like GoPuffs and things like that that are massive or in India with kind of Swiggy's Instamart and stuff so sure, i think that you know those are kind of sustainable models to get directly to the to the customer for a brand like ours and it it works well for us. But I think in terms of um, otherwise, you know, pure scale and reach to the customer, you know brands shouldn't forget that you know retail is here to stay right even in a um, even in a you know very kind of advanced sophisticated market like the US stores like Whole Foods grocery stores like Whole Foods are adding stores like every few weeks right so sure even um, you know online and D2C and e-commerce is growing there but you know retail is still in-store retail is still is still massive and just because you know a lot of people are kind of running behind the whole d2c space i think we should forget you know um where a massive part of the growth is coming from as well and and what customer behavior really is when it comes to um you know food especially so i think that when people do think about d2c i think you should not just kind of like run with it just because that's what people are doing. I think it's important to know, is this the right thing to focus on for your brand, right? Or for your product. Um, And I think that is is super important.
0: Yeah. I can imagine seeing your product in Whole Foods would have been a pretty wild experience. It Um, was.
1: It was amazing.
0: Yeah. But do you want to tell our community members why you chose the U.S.? as the starting point and how are you thinking about expansion where if anywhere does India fit in
1: yeah for sure so you know as I mentioned we had originally like the whole thought process was right to take these Indian ingredients and really launch them there and and makhana was you know the focus and is the focus for for the U.S. to kind of grow the ingredient but while we were kind of you know growing the business, we always had, you know, like we wanted to launch in India at some point. Um, And, you know, with the pandemic, right, and uh, we ended up spending um, a lot more time here as well in India during the pandemic. And we really, we kind of realized that, you know, India is now where the us really was about 10 15 years ago right when it comes to food people are getting a lot more aware about what they're eating right what they're consuming what they're putting in their body looking at like the nutrition label um looking at the ingredients that are that are there and i think that's only this is only kind of been expedited with the pandemic right when people are getting you know using um you know Netflix and the internet and there's just so much information available that people are a lot more aware and we realize that this is not the only you know 0.001% of premium customers in India it's also people who are in like tier two tier three cities right who are who are really well aware of, of a lot of these facts and want new and innovative products and we realize that this is that best time right the US kind of went through this cusp 10-15 years ago when massive brands like you know RX Bar and Kind and, and Skinny Pop that are like billion dollar brands kind of came up at that time when the customer behavior was changing in this similar way right and and we realized that that's what's happening here right now and and we really want to kind of provide the Indian consumer with with something different and something new and our whole you know as I was telling you earlier our whole um you know ethos of our brand is you know products that customers love and like making them better right which is why we launched in India about six months ago um so you know fairly recently um we launched with of course our makana because you know everyone knows and loves makana here um as well and we have you know cool and different flavors um you know and we are having all natural products so that's doing really well but one of the products that you know is kind of a large part of our business right now is uh, something that we launched called protein puffs right and if you Mm -hmm. think about that that is it'll remind you of like the cheese balls we grew up eating, right? right? And, but it is some, it's not fried. It has, you know, no maida in it. It is, you know, something that tastes, I mean, I think it tastes as good, but maybe I am biased. I think it tastes <laughs> better, but maybe I am biased. Uh, But, you know, I think that we, the, the product has, really scale brilliantly you know that word in India and customers love it because it gives you the same great taste right but also gives you something more like a one bag of protein puffs gives you 10 grams of protein right and, and India is a very protein deficient country in that sense mm-hmm. and people realize that protein is important in their diet but also don't really realize how to incorporate it in their diet right there are a lot of people who are vegetarian as well um and you know products like you know whey protein and things like that I think for the regular Indian consumer is a little bit intimidating right people always think that like you only have protein shake if you're like going to the gym and like building muscle Mm -hmm. and you know things like that and this is like a you know our, our product is made from ingredients like chickpeas and dal and joar and like, you know, things that you're used to eating. Uh, But when you taste it, like you can't tell, right, you it tastes like any other, um, you know, delicious snack. So our whole goal is to kind of be, um, you know, your guilt free indulgence, right, where it tastes great, but it also gives you something more. Um, So with the whole kind of protein angle that we have, um, we, you know, we want to make sure that we are really helping the, the protein deficiency See when it you know it comes to um to india and our product has you know has been doing really well here we um are already in about 500 stores um across the country wow. India, uh just in six months um so you know there's huge huge kind of untapped potential and these are stores like you know that anyone and everyone shops at right whether it's your reliance stores whether it's Mart, whether it's spencer's right a lot of these kind of modern trade stores um as well that we're in and then of course your um you know online channels like, like big basket and geomart and uh and you know amazon and and things like that and we really see um a lot of A lot of growth potential here um in India not only for you know the the two kind of products that we have right now but you know a lot more um as well and um you know we want we want to really show the customer that something that's good for you right or guilt-free doesn't have to be boring right because Mm -hmm. if you if you go to your regular like rana store you'd always see and this this is something that used to really bother me because you always see like chips and then you will see diet chips, right? And Or you will see like some kind of like chivra or something and then you will see diet chivra, right? And the diet version always just looks like really sad and really like... <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, like you're making like the biggest compromise ever because you're trying to be healthy, right? And that's what we wanted to take away from like guilt-free snacking, right? We want if you see our packaging, right? Even uh, for our protein bars, it's really fun. It, it ha- it's as colorful as as anything else, right? Um, so we wanted to show the customer that like this tastes as good. But it's good for you, you know, and and that's the goal. So, you know, our as I was saying earlier as well, the goal is really to build that like next generation snack brand. Right. Um, and I think India really has the potential because if you go to, uh, you know, any of your regular grocery stores today, I definitely think the snack aisle is is very fatigued, right? There's not too much innovation going on. And I think that um, you know the customers and the masses, even in tier two, tier three cities, are really looking for um, new and, and innovative products. So uh, you know that's our goal to you know launch new products as well and and launch things that people love, um, but you know make it something that they don't feel bad eating, right? But still love eating. So
0: you're fascinating i would imagine that building a, a, and scaling a business in the us a company like tali would be slightly different from doing the same in india could you walk us through some changes or differences in which the way you're operating
1: yeah for sure so you know um for starters i think the, the the a large part of the difference in the u.s was also the fact that we were introducing a new ingredient there right so there's a lot of different kind of thought process that goes that goes behind it and the u.s um you know the way it works is in terms of you know what we call modern trade right which is uh your supermarkets etc there are a lot lot more in the u.s right it's a lot more uh kind of scattered in that sense and and because you know that market is many kind of years ahead of us right there there are there are a lot more uh there versus in india in that sense you know your whole kind of modern trade supermarket piece is a lot more consolidated right so um and and to a certain extent i think that you know the u.s being the US, right, um, is definitely a lot more competitive as well, um, right, there are there are products kind of coming up um, left, right and center, not to say India is not, but I think that if you have a, um, you know, great quality uh, product, um, you know, with, uh, with like a customer promise, um, I think kind of just distrib- gaining, um, you know, distribution in India across, you know, a lot of these channels is possibly slightly, you know, faster in some sense um if you you know if if of course you have product market fit um compared to the us because it is a lot more um scattered right and i think that when you when you look at the difference as well i think that the US really went through that whole, you know, progression of like, okay, in-store, in-store continues to grow. Then, you know, there are a lot of the online kind of marketplaces when it came to food. And, um, you know, that grew a lot for for quite a few years. And then now it's the whole quick commerce piece um, that's coming into the US and India. But India, I think, um, yes, you know, there is a lot of the whole, um, you know, grocery marketplaces, so to speak. But, Those are also just from a few years ago, right? So I feel like India and its distribution might to a certain extent, you know, skip one of the phases where it would be, of course, like the stores are super important. But then where we might see um, real growth, I think, going forward when it comes to uh, impulse purchases like snacks i think you know would be more from your whole quick commerce side of things um so you know it's interesting to kind of see how um, you know different countries and and the world will kind of pan out in terms of you know where the next kind of phase of um growth is going to come from but you know mm-hmm. as i said earlier as well um what is you know what is here to stay and what is common across all is you know your in store kind of grocery store um Store business, which uh, you know, people definitely shouldn't ignore.
0: Got it. I know you probably can't answer this question, but let me let me see uh, if you can give us a flavor. When you look at your product plan for India, are there new surprises coming? Um, how are you thinking about it? And uh, what's your ultimate vision for India? What would be like the Whole Foods equivalent moment for India that either has already happened or you're waiting for? <clears throat>
1: It's definitely already happened, you know, seeing us in in 500 stores across the country was, you know, is is amazing and is something that we're really proud of and are thankful for every day um most definitely there are kind of new products in the pipeline you know as i was saying earlier as well our goal is to be your you know next generation snack brand right where we want to build products for customers that they don't feel guilty eating um love the taste of right don't think they're making a compromise but they're also providing you know good things for the body right things that aren't just empty calories and you know kind of based on that mission um that we have for Tali is is the way we're thinking about the new products as well right kind of thinking through products that customers love that they're used to eating um right and thinking of innovative ways to to make them better right where they don't have to be just full of um you know maida and oil and fat and sugar and you know things like that um Mm. but you know are made from you know better ingredients um but taste as good or better as i said
0: yeah yeah you know i've been uh, again for my second book i've been studying a lot of these energy bars i hope tali considers launching at some point it'll be fun
1: (laughs) no for sure definitely (laughs)
0: so arti um how did the pandemic impact uh, tali and um, what were some lessons that you've learned that will probably set you up for future
1: yeah so you know like i think like like any other business right um i think that no one was ready right for the pandemic it's not something that you can uh plan for it's not something that you can kind of preempt right in some sense and it it hit us like it like it hit most businesses and um you know we had of course certain plans for growth because at that time when the pandemic hit we hadn't launched in india we were only selling in the u.s at the time and um you know for example we had a massive food service business right in the u.s which is basically um a lot of your offices you know like in mountain view in california Google has like a massive campus Uber has a massive campus, LinkedIn you know, so we were actually available um, at their campuses um, you know, and that was a massive part of our business as well and that suddenly came to a standstill, right, because um, because people weren't going to the office anymore and of course that hit us um, you know, in, in a massive way of course kind of revenues went down but even in terms of kind of production and planning, right, you, you plan for um, a lot of that um, you know, that scale and and the products that are going to kind of get consumed there, which which didn't happen, right? The whole world kind of came to a standstill, Um, even in terms of our in-store growth, right? Um, I think that at that time in the US as well, like everywhere else, there was a frenzy, right? No one knew what was going on. Everyone was scared. There was panic buying, right? The the grocery stores themselves didn't know how to kind of, you know, operate and and sustain it. So... Hmm understandably so none of the grocery stores were taking on new products right because that's not the priority you know keeping like toilet paper on the shelf is priority and like you know water and and things like that that are essentials Um, and of course it did you know kind of hamper our kind of growth trajectory right but it taught us a lot right it taught us to kind of say okay fine this is the situation we're in now where what are other avenues through which you know we can kind of find growth right so in the US through the pandemic we kind of onboarded ourselves onto a lot more online channels right and and mm-hmm. did a lot more of that um you know uh, looked into a lot of these kind of quick commerce um you know businesses that I that I spoke to you about and you have to just you know as an entrepreneur I think that there will be curveballs right along the way and I think it's just how you kind of navigate them and uh, and use them you know to kind of come up with new innovative solutions and and that's kind of really what we did right even launching in india was uh something that we did in the pandemic right we launched mm. in in july of this past year um and that itself had its challenges, right? No one um, in that sense ever thought there would be like a pseudo third wave that there is right now, right? So you just have to be nimble. I think Um, as a startup, you have to be nimble. You have to kind of, you know, try and figure things out along the way and and such things are are out of anyone's control, Um, right? So that, that was a lot of our learning, right? In terms of making sure that, you know, we are kind of growing in a way where if, if we have to change strategy um, at some point, we have to be able to be nimble in the way to to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I was figuring out the story of Dang Foods. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. It's a snack, a snack brand yeah. in the US. Yeah. They were mentioning the same thing that almost overnight all the B2B sort of business went away for... uh, Yeah,
1: Dang was also available at the Google's Mountain View campus like the way we were. Uh, So, you know yeah a lot of you know a lot of businesses um you know got hit and and that's just um you know what it was we at least in that some sense should be thankful that it's food right people were still consuming food sure the growth was was less but you know compared to um other kind of industries like um whether it is you know airlines hotels like tourism travel you know which got hit so so badly I think in that sense we should be thankful that um you know um we weren't as badly hit as as they were and you know I'm just hoping for um, you know this to kind of pass it's already been almost two years since we've been dealing with the uh, pandemic so I think you know for everyone I I really hope that this passes and and we're at the end so life can go back to normal soon
0: (laughs) for sure Um, just like the final bit before I let you go is about uh, your personal productivity you know the pandemic like has, has thrown lots of curveballs with you uh, and and your co-founder your husband yes. uh, you've had a baby now so you've, you no. you have uh, your second baby the first was starting yes. the second is yes. with you um how are you managing your energy like how have you structured or restructured your day so that you're able to bring your best as a as a as a as a founder as a wife as a mum, etc
1: Yeah no honestly that's a great question I think that you know it was it was definitely super challenging in the beginning right because I think for everyone we were so used to having that like really structured day right like you go to work like you're in the office you're interacting with people like uh, you know you, you come back home and then you say okay fine I'm home let me take like you know an hour or two off like work out do something and then get back online you know if needed and that whole structure kind of overnight just like went for a toss right and for us you know to your point it was a lot more exaggerated because yes First of all, you we were working from home. Um, you know when there was no real because at the end of the day, you know if you're working from home, you're not really going out, right? Then there's no boundary. You're just working 24 hours a day, and more so for us because you were husband and wife working together, right? So um, it did it did kind of you know reach a point where it was this like just entire blur of like you know what is home, what is work, what is life, what is work, and there was like no you know there was no difference at all. Mm. Um, you you know in the beginning and I, I remember seeing this like one thing on Instagram that was like it's not uh, work from home anymore it's living at work right which is <laughs> literally like how it became right and um I think that it it really took some time to be able to you know come up with a routine again and like you know some kind of a definition of like okay this is what life is going to be like um you know for the next few months right and then really come up um with a structure um you know to be able to kind of be productive and and you know build the day definitely did take time and what i really tried to do was to you know make sure that since the whole like you know going out or you know meeting friends or a little bit of that kind of break time that was there for any human that needs it right wasn't there anymore because we were all locked in at home I decided to kind of you know like build on you know what my kind, what I enjoy doing right like what mm-hmm. my um you know kind of hobbies are so I actually like a lot of other people cooked a lot right in mm-hmm. the pandemic so you know I decided that okay you know I'm going to make this for dinner today I'm going to try this out today so then automatically I had to kind of you know segregate like so much time out of work being like okay this is what I'm going to do Um, and I think that you know just introducing I started doing you know um, online you know workouts right on YouTube Um, and you know kind of introducing these things that I never really had time to do before never really did really helped define my day um right mm. and and help me be you know more productive um when it was like a living at work situation uh, that i was in so that that really helped me
0: awesome and um you know it's been it's been an absolute delight speaking with you and knowing you obviously for a long time and seeing tali become what it is i think we have hundreds and thousands of community members on network capital they love uh the brand do you have any parting message or word of advice for anyone looking to um, start up scale up or rethink their career
1: yeah. So I think that, you know, um, one thing I would love to say is, you know, entrepreneurship is is a real ride, right? There are there are ups and downs, there are great days, there are bad days that you just have to, um, you know, be persistent, figure things out and really kind of just, you know, move along. And as I said, you know, there will be things that will happen. There will be days like, how, you know, you, you might not get into the accelerator you wanted or you might not, uh, you know, get into the retailer you wanted or, you know, whatever it may be. But, um, you know, those aren't things. Things that you should, you know, think are things that are going to, you know, shut down the business right things happen and there are a lot of opportunities out there as long as you know you have conv- conviction in your idea um you know have a great team um you know with you whether it is your founder where is like the immediate like small team that you built to start off with um i think you know just kind of having that uh conviction in your idea and the passion um to to kind of move forward is is really the advice i would give and and lastly i think you know not kind of uh getting sucked into your whole like you know um buzzwords that people use like you know d2c or you know whatever it may be i think um every industry is different every product is different every business model is different so um you know do what um works for your product Right. Do what works right. for your business, do what works for your product, even though that might not be like the sexy thing to do at that point in time. And I think that's that's definitely uh, one thing that I would would, um, you know, the last thing I would like to kind of
0: leave the listeners with. You're Fascinating. Aarti, um Tali will definitely be in network capital offices all around. Thanks so much for uh, sharing this wonderful journey with us. I personally look forward to seeing you scale and build with sustainability. Thank you very much. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you. It was great. You know, it was great being here. Thank you so much for the time. And it was a pleasure. Stay safe and, and be well.